Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Friday, and that means one thing. The Minnesota Beer Cast is on the air. Welcome. I am Drew. That's my co-host, Schmitty. That's me. We have a, uh, a fantastic, fantastic... You are... I love having you as a co-host. Thanks. You have the best ideas. I love having you as a co-host, too, Andy. Oh, thanks. Aww. And uh, you had the idea to come out here to one of my favorite spots in all of the city, Sea Salt Eatery, and record... Why haven't we been doing this every week? I don't know. We just made this a thing. Like we just do this <laughs> every week. Well, that's that's something maybe we should explore. All right, we're going to talk about that. Um, yeah, if uh, if you're listening, interested in having us at your place of business, and your place of business is Sea Salt, <laughs> give us a holler. Uh, so speaking of Sea Salt, a uh, great spot. Uh, they do great food, great beer. They are in uh, the Minnehaha Falls uh, Pavilion here. Um, and we've got Christina joining us to talk a little about Sea Salt. Um, welcome to the show, Christina. Hi, thank you. Yeah. Um, so also joining in the peanut gallery, I should say, we've got Mark from Chop Liver Beer Festivals. How are you doing, Mark? Good, good. And a, a whole other assortment. We'll see who, who all jumps in in this segment. But during the show, we'll have Zach from uh, MN Vest, and we've got uh, Mark from Bauhaus Brew Labs, and uh, Jeff Merriman from Northern Brewer and Dakota County Tech uh, may jump in as well as a whole He's cavalcade just lingering of folks around. here. Yeah, just, so just kind of standing around. It's uh, it's it's going to be a Wait big for show. Somebody to hand him a mic. But we want to uh, we want to talk to Christina and get her back to work here because we are here during lunch hour, taking away from uh, her time uh, running the place. Uh, so let's let's talk about sea salt, Christina. What uh, what is sea salt for folks that haven't been here before? Sure. So we are a seafood restaurant in the park. Um, if you want to spend your day um, outside in an idyllic outdoor Minneapolis space, um, we're the place to go. So we're counter service. You stand in line. You can get a pitcher of beer while you're waiting in line. Um, and then you order, um, you know, fish tacos. We have everything from fish tacos for five ninety five, six ninety five. Um, up to, you know, oysters, uh, mussels, uh, big seafood specials that you'd see at any fancy restaurant in the Twin Cities. Um, so you can kind of make it your own adventure. Yeah, the, the quality of, of food is fantastic, but and not just that. It's, it's better than what you would typically expect, like walking up to a counter service place, like walking up to Sea Salt from the parking lot. You're walking through a park. It's a pavilion kind of thing. I think a lot of people for the first time here might be surprised at the what's on the menu. Yeah. Um, I mean, you just can't go wrong, right? Like you're you're out in the sunshine. You're sitting in a park. The water feel, waterfall is, you know, a couple feet away. Mm-hmm. Um, and we like to enhance that moment by providing you with good food. No, I think it's great. I've brought my family here many times. Uh, I love to come and get the fish tacos with the with the kid. I've got a, a six-year-old who comes and sits on the bench and kills the fish tacos, and we'll go for a walk by the falls. and And it's a it's a great it's a great spot that you're here in the park. How how did that relationship come to be? Because I don't know that I've ever seen that set up before. You've got a great seafood restaurant like this 
in, in the middle of the park, essentially. Yeah, you know, the owners, um, they worked at Coastal Seafood for years, and so they were coming from the seafood industry, mm-hmm. and then they just had an idea to start start a little taco stand and um you know with that perfect joining of location and good food um and you know adding on to it all our great beer we've just taken off exponentially how long have you guys there. been i want to say this it? is our 13th okay. season okay wow yeah so do, is that where you guys source all your fresh seafood from us from coastal yeah. seafood mm-hmm. okay yeah i know, I know. and their fortune now they changed yeah. hands but yep. yeah yeah, mm-hmm. is, are they are they changing their their branding to something else, or are they staying coastal? Do you know? They're coastal at their location, but their fortune as distributors. Of, yeah, I, um, I, I love that. But it's the same shop. same great seafood. Yeah, I stop in their St. Paul storefront all the time. If I want if I want fresh seafood to make it home, that's I don't go anywhere else other than than coastal seafood. Absolutely, and if you don't want to cook it at home, we'll cook it for you. That's right. Come on and get the fish tacos, um, Mark. You're you're a big fan of this spot. Yeah, I mean, I've been coming here for seven, eight years at least. This uh, show actually might have been your idea. I, I, I Drew gave pretty me credit. Sure it was. <laughs> Drew gave me credit, but I hey, think this you, was you actually can have your credit. You're better looking than <laughs> me. Mark, so. I'm a new co-host. <laughs> and um, replaced. I thought that was last week I got replaced. Yeah, you know, Fridays, 11 a.m. It's it's usually my spot. I, you know, me, I like efficiency and ex- execution, and so I get here at 11 a.m. and skip the line and. Never had anything but a crawfish po' boy and a side of pickled herring every single time for <laughs> every Friday for six years, pretty much, seven years. Crawfish po' boy, that's the your thing? Best. Yeah, what, it's the best. What's Ferda. the most popular thing on the menu, Christina? You know, the crawfish po' boy is definitely up there. Um, we tend to be big fans of recommending the grilled catfish po' boy. Yeah. It's definitely one of our staff favorites. It's what I break out my grill in the middle of winter to recreate, you Heck know, yeah. when I'm Heck jonesing yeah, that's for awesome. the season. <laughs> um, you also can't go wrong with, like, our base scallop tacos. Um, you know, our fried fish tacos are our staple. We sell the most of it. Um, they're fantastic. But if you want to, like, elevate that up a level, um, the base scallop tacos are where it's at. So you guys have been in operation here 13 years. Yes. And this is a city park, correct? It, it's, I think it's part city, but also under the federal. Okay. How yes, it is, relate? because if you get a parking ticket here, you cannot pay the parking ticket and get a year-round pass to park for free for $5 less than the ticket. I, I might I, know that from experience. <laughs> and I almost didn't pay for my parking today with my new car so that I could specifically get the sticker for why $5 not, cheaper. Why did I pay for parking? I feel like a fool. <laughs> um, what's that relationship like, though, running a, a private restaurant, a private establishment on the grounds in the auspices of a city-slash-federal yeah. park? You know, it's... It's busy. It's a busy park. We get a lot of people. Um, it means we're flexible. You know, we have races in here on weekends. Um, you know, families having their own big barbecues and having fun. But we're always here. Our doors open, even if you just want that pitcher of beer for your festivities. Um, we're here every day when we're open in between April and October. That was going to be my next yeah. question. What's uh, What are the general yeah, so dates bef- of your um, season? In between Memorial Day and Labor Day, we're open 11 to 9 every day um before and after those markers um in the spring and fall seasons we're 11 to 8 p.m we give our staff a little break to do you have a set date that you open or do you we don't we're weather weather. dependent yeah so this year it was really early thank you global warming i know i uh i I keep my (laughs) eyes glued to twitter every every spring right just waiting for that first tweet from from sea salt yeah guess what we're we're getting ready to open it's like put it on the calendar yeah, it was March this year. We opened March 30th. Yeah, and I was not happy about it, to tell you the truth. This is the first year in seven years that I had to miss opening day. Oh, no. And I, uh, I'm not going to lie. I text uh, Andy Heater from Bell's Brewery, and I said, what day do they open? He goes, tomorrow. I go, darn it. <laughs> you are not going to be in town. Oh, see? And I could not avoid it. 
Well, one of the, one of my favorite things about Sea Salt Eatery is that you guys do a great job incorporating beer into your menu. Um, you know, Mark mentioned Andy, who's a member of the Peanut Gallery here today. Um, you guys brought uh, what is it? Um, Oats. What's the new Bell's beer that that you guys are going to bring on? Is it Oats? Uh, Andy, what's the new beer? Orsman. I was thinking Oatsmobile. My bad. Orsman. <laughs> um, you guys do a great job with the uh, with incorporating the beer. Where does that come from? Is that something Chris brought on, or was it because it's great to be able to come and get the food and get the experience, but it's it's also great to not have to be subject to what I would imagine would be just crappy beer at at a, at a park, right? You 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 think about the the barbecue experience at a park and people just slamming macros, but that's not what you guys are doing at all. Yeah, we like to. To really provide everyone with options they maybe aren't seeing, a lot of we really focus on local beers, um, and I think that's definitely Chris, one of the owners, is a big beer guy. Um, he likes to try a lot of different stuff. Um, you know, it's our favorite when our distributors walk through the door every week to get us to try new things. Um, you know, we're more than excited to throw something new on, take a chance, see um, if our patrons, you know, go for it. Um, but yeah, we love. We've got 12 tap lines, like I said, and we just like to fill them up with different things. Well, and I think also another thing is not only do they got 12 great beer lines, but you guys have a great wine list mm-hmm. for people that drink wine. You now have White Claw, which just made my day. Uh, that's new to me, which I love. Uh, you you basically provide the opportunity to accentuate the meal and, and provide the ultimate experience by having all these different beers that compare so well with these great seafood. I mean... Mm-hmm. Why pair nothing with uh, all this great seafood, you know? Absolutely. Plus, I love when people come through our beer line and they're looking for a domestic and we sway them over to something something <laughs> a little more fun. Yeah. You may, you may get a point to focus on Minnesota beers or we is do. it you run Absolutely. the gamut? Um, we do um, bring in from other states as well as we have a couple international hitters that come on. Um, but we, we go out of our way to support local beer. Do you have any that, that any beers that stay on, you know, for the entirety of the season that that are, or do you guys rotate pretty pretty well? Yeah, you know, Summit EPA was our first beer here, um, so we generally keep that on the line um, as an homage to sticking with us. And then we have always have our Surleys, um, but on um, the rest of it, you know, we're we're changing them out all the time throughout the day even so awesome well we are coming up on a break uh we're going to be here for the rest of the show at sea salt eatery uh, minnehaha falls uh be sure to check them out uh they're Thank open you for, for having uh, us out yeah absolutely really appreciate absolutely it. awesome we will be back after this you're listening to the minnesota beer cast on am 1130 and 103.5 fm Welcome back to the Minnesota Beer Cast, recording live this week from Sea Salt Eatery. It smells amazing. Everybody's walking around with plates of food. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
I'm starving over here. Yeah. I can't wait for the show to be we, over. We poured this, we, we planned this really poorly. We, we should have ate and then done the show. Right. I don't know why we're waiting to eat until after the show. I see people standing in line drinking beer, walking out with delicious food. Yeah, and nobody's brought us anything it did, yet. It, it, does, it does not work to record a radio <laughs> show while eating. So let's let's figure out our logistics on this All right. uh, going Show's forward. over. All right. It's been good. <laughs> we'll be back next week, everybody. <laughs> for this segment, uh, I wanted to bring in. Um, you know, we've we've talked a little in the past, Drew, about uh, investing in breweries mm-hmm. and and how it's a very unique business. Um, and and you've said, why don't we bring in somebody who who knows about this instead of us just spouting off and making guesses? Sure. Like, well, all right, I think I know a guy who, who might have some expertise in in that <laughs> area. So uh, I reached out to uh, our friend Zach, uh, who's who's got a little bit of, of expertise in that area. Um, why don't you tell us who? You Zach, and what you do, and uh, and let's let's talk a little about brewery financing and investment. Let's do it. Uh, first off, thanks so much for having me. It's an honor to be here on on the podcast <laughs> and on the show. Um, it, you know, it's a special place to be in and trying to help uh, folks in this space access capital, especially because we oftentimes come across people who are very talented. They brew great products but they have no idea how to access capital. Sure. They didn't grow up in a wealthy neighborhood. They don't have a rich uncle, but they have a dream. And so we started to come across more and more people, particularly in this, sp- in this space. And eventually we said, well, look, there's, there's got to be some better way of doing this. And so the story goes, my, my colleague, uh, Ryan Schilkraut, was at a beer conference of all places and and uh, met some folks from Wisconsin who had passed a uh, investment crowdfunding law, which basically says, you know, you can raise money in the state from anyone to mm-hmm. invest in your company, and you can do so publicly online. And these folks um, happen to have uh, a background in the beer space, and so we said, well, why don't we do that here, and why don't we help out our clients in this space by, by doing that? So Is that something that you weren't allowed to do before? Good question. Because so, that seems like a kind of a no-brainer. No, you know? no. It, it, it's such a good point because most people have the exact same reaction that you do. They say, can't you do that now? And we say, actually, the securities laws since about the Great Depression have prevented um, private parties from advertising their need for capital to the public. And so, fortunately, uh, those laws have started to change, mainly due to the success of, of Kickstarter, which launched in 2009 and has... You know, collectively raised billions of dollars for 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 projects. Problem with Kickstarter, and 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 I know our, our friends here at Bauhaus did a, an incredible Kickstarter campaign where they raised a tremendous amount of capital in a short period of time. Problem with Kickstarter is that the contributors receive no ownership in the business. They get zilch. You get some rewards, right? Some or or at least they get a promise yeah. of a reward. Yeah, that's exactly. Been, that's been an issue where you get promised something and they never deliver. Right. Well, technically, it's illegal to offer them beer as uh, as a return. Sure. So uh, if you were trying to start a brewery and you wanted to crowdfund, and one of your reward levels would be like you're a member of the you know, the, the the this club, you know, the twenty five dollar club, say, and for that reward, you could come in once a month and get a free pint. Mm-hmm. You're not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to advertise that. Okay. And, and, you know, going back and looking at history, Zach, why aren't you allowed to say, hey, I'm starting such and such a business and I'm looking for investors? Why aren't you allowed to say, hey, I'm looking for investors? Sure. So 
Um, many people got fleeced during the Great Depression. Uh, companies weren't reporting properly. They weren't sharing information. They were lying. And so, you know, as you typically see, politicians get together and they overreact to a problem. And they basically created a ban on private companies from soliciting to private investors. Further, the SEC, when it was created, also basically put a, put a ban on what's known as non-accredited investors, which is about 97% of the population. Right. And so they created this small 3% called accredited investors, and those accredited investors have basically had a monopoly on investing in private companies since the 1930s. So not the 1%ers, the 3%ers. There you go. <laughs> um, but so fortunately, these new laws, of which myself and some colleagues um, uh, wrote a, a state law called... Minvest, M-N-V-E-S-T, and that law um, was sponsored by Representative Loon and Senator Bonoff during the 2015 session, was signed by Governor Dayton in 2015, and then the Department of Commerce wrote some rules on top of it, but it effectively went live on January 1st, 2017. And what that law created was a, was a system of, of portals, just a fancy term for a website that has been approved by the state to facilitate these online transactions. And I'm proud to say that now, after about tw- you know the first 12 weeks of this program, we have three state-approved portals, and we have six uh, campaigns right now. And of those six, five are breweries um, I like it which is awesome it's 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 you know we, we we have so much gratitude and thanks to to these folks who basically took on this this unproven law and they said yeah we we totally get it and and I suppose you know perhaps why they had so much confidence was um, in, in 2015 and 2016 we helped raise about seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars for a company called unmapped brewing Mm -hmm. and they used a sister law known as score and i think due to the success of that offering it gave confidence to so many others to now go live Mm -hmm. yeah i know they're they're coming along with their plans they're west metro they should be i think their tanks are going in last week maybe maybe this week they're they're moving right along so they're we'll uh want to talk to those guys have them on the show here soon enough and see uh see what their plans are um but i mean you know it's it's interesting that you've got breweries who are are the first folks to jump on this this new law um you know it takes a lot of money to open up a brewery sure does how how what's the average i guess cost in in opening uh a or smallish at least like the minimum the minimum capital that you would be sure. maybe Sure, sure. I mean, if, if I were thinking about opening a brewery, I gotta, I gotta start at this number. Yeah, you know, it, it, it it's going to depend heavily on where you're going to be located at. Real estate's got to be huge, right? What, yep. What size system you want to um, go with? Um, also, going to depend on on how large of a tap room you would like and how much capital you want to put behind that. But to answer your question, probably million bucks to be safe, of which. Fortunately, we're in an industry where there are hard assets, there's equipment, and so fortunately there are banks out there who are interested in financing this equipment. So the way that that we set up most of these offerings, as they're called, is we'll say, all right, hypothetically, XYZ company needs to raise $500,000 in equity, in cash, from the public. And then we have $500,000 sitting on the sidelines from a bank 
waiting to finance the other half of it. And so when we have that nice marriage of the two, it almost acts like, you know, an NPR campaign or Red Cross or something like that where, where both sides help each other in matching the capital. Um, and so that's, that's, that's sort of been the, the, the path that most of these folks have followed. J- just to give a shout-out for the five that, that are out there yeah, right now. Yeah, please do. Give them a plug. So we have Blue Nose Gopher mm-hmm. Brewery. They are located in Granite Falls. Okay. They are a co-op. Um, we have Broken Clock Brewery, also a co-op. Uh, they are launching in Northeast uh, in the old f- 56 spot. Um, and they're offering just clothes. They, they, they raised about 50 grand, and then fortunately through this process were able to meet Sunrise Bank's who, due to the public capital that they were able to raise, gave them a loan on, on the equipment. So that was, that was sort of the best case study of crowdfunding at its best, where it helps spur the company along. Uh, we have Clutch Brewing, uh, about to launch in St. Paul, leaving the old Schmitz. Yeah, we're along West 7th, I think, in that uh, in the artist's area that mm-hmm. they've got uh, going on over there, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we have Torg, uh, which is set to launch in Spring Lake Park. And then just last week, the fifth, uh, Colhane Brewing Company is going to launch in Lower Town. Nice. The old station. Mm-hmm. Well, let's uh, – we're coming up on a break, Andrew. Yep, got to uh, got to hit a break here. Uh, we'll continue this conversation. Yeah, there's. I have a ton more questions I want to ask and get into. I, I, I love the uh, I love the, the opportunity to ask some some financial questions. I think there's a whole um, undiscussed side of, of the equation of, of brewing and, and local beer that doesn't get talked about. So I want to get into it more. Uh, we'll be back after this. You're listening to the Minnesota Beer Cast on Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, 103.5 FM. Welcome back to the Minnesota BeerCast. I am Drew. That is Schmitty. Yes, sir. We are recording this episode live from Sea Salt Eatery, Minnehaha Falls. Uh, great excuse to come out here. Incredible weather. I uh, I don't know. Do you, is it, would it be fair to call Sea Salt by one of like a hidden gem? Because it doesn't get a lot of doesn't get a lot of pub. You know, I you don't, don't know. hear. I don't hear a lot of chatter about it, but there's always a good crowd here. You know, there's there's a good line right now. It's it's Friday afternoon, the sun is shining, and there's yeah. 50 people deep on a line that's moving pretty good. Oh, I know I talked to about four or five people just today alone, and I told them we were coming out here to record the show that had never been here. And so if you have not been to Sea Salt, uh, stop what you're doing right now and go to Sea Salt. Bring your mom. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Christina said they've got an awesome walleye special for Mother's Day. Bring your mom to Sea Salt Sunday for Mother's Day. Yeah. That's a, it'll be the best thing you can get her. It is going to be a gorgeous weekend here, so uh, it's a great, great time to come out and try the food here. Even if you're not a big seafood fan, there's other things that you can get here. The food is amazing. The beer is amazing. The setting is incredible. It's uh, it's definitely worth it. Like I said, it's one of my favorite spots in the cities. Absolutely. By far. Let's, uh, let's do 
some plugs while we've got, uh, got some time here. Let's do uh, a June 2nd. We're going to be at the Free House. Uh, we're going to do... We are? We are. <laughs> we're going to do a ticket giveaway at 3 in the that. afternoon from 3 to 4. Uh, we're going to... Mark from St. Paul Summer Beer Fest, uh, Chop Liver Beer Festival is going to join us. Uh, we're going to talk to uh, the brewers at Free House, do some fun stuff there, swing in... Uh, opportunity to win some free tickets to the beer fest so uh we're, we'll talk about that again we'll plug it probably again at the end of the show uh but free house june 2nd at at 3 p.m that'll um, be a lot of fun yeah it certainly will be so let's get back to uh zach and minvest um we we're talking about what minvest is and the new breweries that are taking the opportunity to uh, use your your portals and the new laws to essentially gain investors um, from people other than the three percent uh, who are accredited investors to to really fund their dreams. Um, what what is my obligation as an investor in one of these new breweries that are using this law? Um, do is there a minimum I have to reach if I have two hundred dollars, or if I have five thousand dollars, does it matter? How does it all work? Sure. Uh, very good question. It, it is not. We did not legislate those types of decisions. We wanted to let each and every company make a decision on what the bare minimum is to accept as an investor. And look, if you're going to launch a brewery, it's great to have as many investors as possible because those folks are, have a vested interest in seeing that you succeed. Having said that, you also want to be cognizant that when someone becomes a shareholder of a company, they have certain rights under state statutes. And mm-hmm. they can bug you as the owner of the company. They can see the books. They can do all sorts of stuff. So we always try to impart upon our clients that, look, you know, you need to be wise about this. If you set the minimum at, say, $1,000 per investor, you're going to get investors who can only invest a thousand bucks. So the question becomes: Well, if they can only invest a thousand bucks, do they need that thousand? Should they truly be investing here? So, um, to answer your question, I think companies just have to be wise. Um, Unmapped, as an example, I believe they set their minimum at five thousand. Uh, Tillion, who we had done a score offering for, I believe theirs was twenty five hundred. So. Just you, you just want to be cognizant of that. I know some of the co-ops went as low as two hundred dollars, which is fine, so long as you're able to manage that. You have a system to deal with hundreds of investors. Mm-hmm. And and then on the on the flip side, you know, as as an investor, you know, I have so many questions. If if I've got two hundred dollars or if I have five thousand dollars, you know, uh, these these business plans. Are, the, are these people who are investing in, in these breweries be um, co-ops or, or in breweries that are looking to be regional at some point, what, what kind of return can these investors expect to get on their investment over long-term, short-term? How, how are they looking to, to utilize the, the Minvest portals? Sure. Well, once again, it's completely up to each company that's attempting to raise capital to determine what portion of the profits are going to go to investors. Uh, many of our clients in this space, we've actually accelerated the profits going back to the investors. We've said, look, the founders of the company, they're going to own 75% of it, but they need the capital. And so we want to incentivize investors to invest. So we're going to flip it at first. And we're going to say, up until you, the investor, get your capital back, plus maybe a preferred return of, say, 6 or 7%, you're going to get 75% of all the profits. 
Once you get your cash back, then it flips, and in perpetuity, you own 25%. And so there's unique ways to thank your investors in addition to the free beer, which most of these companies offer, uh, you know, growlers or a free case per month. Um, so there's, 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 there's perks uh, on the financial side. There's perks on the drinking side um and by the way it just you know it's a fun investment let's talk about the the drinking perks yeah i mean as 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 opposed to a kickstarter or indiegogo or something like that you can actually you can you can say you get you get some beer on the back end right yeah many many of the companies have done that obviously we have all sorts of fine print i don't want to you know you need to be 21 and um and so on and so forth limits on the uh amounts that can be given maybe it's you know, a drink per visit or something along those lines. But, um, you know, here it is, it, is, it is more of a sophisticated transaction than a, than a Kickstarter campaign. Sure. And so as a part of that, I, I don't want to lead anyone down the wrong path. There is, there's a lot of work that goes into these offerings. All, all five companies right now in this space that are attempting to raise capital have spent you know, 50, 100 hours and putting together their business plan, uh, pro forma financial projections, putting together a shareholder agreement, et cetera. Is there, you know, a lot of people who decide to start a brewery, you know, start as home brewers, they just have a passion for it. They don't necessarily have that sort of business background. Are there resources available uh, that help them put together those business plans, pro formas, things like that? Absolutely. So it 100% takes a village to raise the money. And so having a strong team with not not just the officers of the company and the board, but also, you know, plug for folks like myself, having an attorney that has experience in this industry, having an accounting firm who understands this line of work, um, having other business advisors, marketing companies, portals, banks, folks who can be a part of it, have have dealt with companies like yours, are going to give you the type of advice and most importantly steer you away from the wrong types of advice so that you'll be most successful. You know, a question, and I think we're we're fortunate that we have Mark here from Bauhaus. You guys did a, a very successful Kickstarter campaign. Now, had you done it at this point in time, had... Minvest been available when you did it, or if you were starting your brewery now with Minvest available, would you have chosen Minvest, or would you have still chosen a, 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 a crowdfunding option like like Kickstarter? Uh, that's a good question. Um, so when we did our Kickstarter campaign, we had already raised um, all of the funds we needed to open our brewery. Mm-hmm. The Kickstarter was more of a marketing campaign for us, mm-hmm. and it was more of a help us deck out our tap room. It was kind of like our hello to the community, uh, but also a way for people to feel like they had also made an investment, not on the scale of you know actual uh, equity or, or you know, but but still making a difference and then being a part of our brewery, a part of ownership in the brand. Exactly, right? exactly. Mm-hmm. And so we yeah we were lucky enough to actually have our our brewery basically uh, uh, completely paid for prior to doing that campaign. Uh, but it still was a successful campaign in terms of its marketing and getting our name out there. And just to add to that, I would encourage any folks out there to to actually conduct a Kickstarter campaign in addition to an investment crowdfunding campaign. I think both can work very well 
together. I know that Cole Haynes is now about to launch a, a Kickstarter-like program to help bring in some of the folks that have supported them in the past who may not be able to write a check for $5,000, but would love to donate 50 or or 100 bucks to be able to outfit the tap room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. My, my other question is, is when there's, there's been, I don't know, for a long time, I guess since the repeal of Prohibition, there's been breweries that have started uh, from, from scratch, started from private investor money to, to now we're seeing the, the Minvest property starting. Is there, do you think there's just different kinds of breweries? Is it, is it folks who aren't as, as, I guess, savvy as getting... The, the private investors on board that are that are utilizing Minvest. So great question, and and I would actually say no. I I I think that even if you can, even if you have all the money in the world, it's still worthwhile to raise money from the public. And here's why. Okay, uh, BrewDog. I'm sure everyone at this table is familiar with BrewDog, based out of the UK. Mm-hmm. They've done, I believe, five different crowdfunding campaigns. They have raised, I don't know, 20 plus million dollars in doing so. I believe they have about 50,000 investors. So, now, did they need to continue to raise money in all those campaigns? No. Uh, they, they, they've had plenty of offers from private investors, from institutional investors. But what they've done is they've built their stable. They now have a huge brand. And, um, Actually, last month they accepted uh, $220 million from TSG Capital. And the beauty here is that they, they are able, I, I believe about 15 to 20% of that capital has been earmarked to pay back their early investors. So that is an example of a case where I think they could have gone straight down the private in, investor route, but decided to go public and they were able to build their brand in doing so. Yeah, you know, that's what it's all about, return on investment. We have a, a lot more questions for you. We're going to have to have you back on sometime because there's a lot more we can get into. And if you've got any questions that you'd like us to pass along, uh, just go to minnesotabeercast.com. We've got contact links there, or you can hit us up uh, through, through our Facebook page. Just search Minnesota Beercast or, uh, Minnesota, or MN underscore Beercast on Twitter. Just hit us up because there's a lot more to get to, but unfortunately we are out of time in this segment. Thank you so much for coming out. I mean, I'm sure it was a chore. <laughs> to get you out here on this gorgeous day to uh, to see salt but really appreciate it. that was uh, that was very informative thanks so much guys appreciate it all right we'll be back we've got uh, mark from Bauhaus brew labs we're going to talk loggers hellas and uh and we'll talk a little art of world coming up after this Welcome back to the Minnesota Beercast final segment of this show. We are recording at Sea Salt Eatery, just really enjoying ourselves. Uh, we got an order of food put in, so by the time the show's wrapped up, hopefully we'll, uh, we'll have some tasty food here on our table. Oyster po' boy. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going crawfish po' boy. I, uh, I, I haven't. I, I, I have had that, but I don't remember if I had it here. I know I've had it before, but Mark, uh, Mark sold me on it when he I'm was talking sh- about it earlier. Share a same f- shameful secret with you guys. I'm pretty sure that I'm the reason the uh, oyster po' boy is on the menu. For several years, uh, <laughs> I'd come here and, and ask for uh, a, an oyster po' boy. And, they, well, we got to sub that out. Okay, it's going to cost you extra. Okay. <laughs> and, and I think I ordered enough of them where they were like, all right, fine. We'll just put it on the menu. And this guy can stop bothering us every time he comes here. So if you come and order an oyster po' boy, 
Thanks, uh, Schmitty. Yeah, yes. pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> they should rename it. They should call it the Schmitty. Call it the Schmitty. Yeah, yeah just come to come to Sea Salt or the Schmitty. Get the Oyster Po' Boy. It's good stuff. Put a Schmitty in your mouth. <laughs> and on that note, um, I'm drinking a, a, a Hellas Lager from Bauhaus Beer Labs. Why don't you tell me about the beer, Mark? Yeah, absolutely. This is our <laughs> home guys Hellas. Sorry, I want to put a Schmitty in my mouth right, right. now. Everybody no, this does. is a uh, this is our home guys Hellas. This is a Munich style Hellas Lager. This is our collaboration with Fair. State Brewing, um, four point six is pretty much your 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 malt centric traditional uh, light German Helles. This is for me like our summer beer. So we've got some right here for you, Mister Opdahl. Uh, but yeah, no, this is for me like our our our, our introduction in the summer. Light crisp lagers, easy drinking. Um, this is when you want to have seven of something. It's the perfect beer. It's summertime. Right? Well, it feels like it. Yeah. Right? It's the quote-unquote session beer. Yeah, exactly. Do you, do you feel like uh, the market, the industry is, is moving more towards session beer? We, I mean, so when we opened three years ago, our goal uh, with three out of our four core beers being lagers was that we, we hope that that's where the market was going. Um, and we opened at a time when there was still the peak of the biggest IPAs you could possibly have. Mm-hmm. Um, we are starting to see that trend, that, that, that uh, the sort of coming back to center in terms of uh, flavors. And a lot of people are starting to get into lagers and realizing that, you know, Pilsners are kind of like the new wave, the new IPA. There's a lot of people making hoppy Pilsners. And wonder stuff. Ah, yeah. See, pilsners or happy pilsners. Well, I mean, so happy pilsners are all right as long as it's balanced. I want a beer that's balanced. But I was gonna say, uh, a traditional pilsners are great too. I mean, wonder stuff. Our pilsner, the, what we kind of did with it was we wanted to reimagine it for the American palate. So it is a traditional recipe, although we do use citra as well as uh, sriracha ace. So we're using like new world hops in an old world recipe. So it's kind of the best of both worlds. Mark, Mark Opdahl, what are your thoughts on on hoppy pilsner? Is it still is it still a pilsner if it's a hoppy pilsner? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I think so. Mm-hmm. I again, I. Echo Mark's statement. As long as it's balanced, I mean, I don't, I don't want you to slap me over the head with some dry, dry bitter, you know, because then it's basically like a saison and a pilsner and a IPA all merged each other, right? Uh, but I think if it accents it nice, gives it a little bit of extra flavor. I mean, you said you guys use Citra Hop and Sriracha Ace mm-hmm. in in Wonder stuff, and I think that's perfect. I mean, Citra doesn't give that bitterness; it gives nice, you know, citrus character without that bitterness. I, I think it's great. Right on. Everything within reason. Speaking of hops, little little hop news this week. I don't know if you guys caught the uh, the buzz on the internet, but the uh, South Africa. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, a little little news out of coming out of South Africa. The uh, the good folks at ABI uh, apparently aren't going to sell their hops to folks, and so there's uh, there's been a bit of an uproar um, because they uh, of course acquired Sab Miller, who's got significant um, hops in in South America or South Africa. And they're they're like, hey, they didn't yield as much as we thought they were gonna. We're gonna keep them in house and use them for our stuff. And so the there's been a, a bit of a reaction from folks in the in the craft side of the market who are upset. Um, I was wondering what your guys' take on that that news is. I mean, I think as long as it doesn't affect the market too bad, where it drives the cost up to some of these local craft brewers, which maybe that was their thought process behind it. That maybe it's gonna drive the cost up. I think maybe it only uh, opens up opportunity. For, for people all over North America, whether it's Canada or America, to to continue America. to grow more. It's pronounced America. Oh, Mer- America. <laughs> <laughs> what, do you, what do you think, Mark? No, I mean, I, 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 I personally feel like it's, it's an attempt to, 
raise raise prices on hops uh, for local beer and crap beer in general. Um, we're lucky we don't use any South African hops, um, but this could be a trend. This could be you know they could be claiming more hop products or, and, and or more hop crops each year. Um, and just keep continuing to drive that price up. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily, we're seeing a lot of hop growth. Um, corn is sort of backing down <laughs> on hop fields, and a lot of hop fields are going up. Um, but yeah, it is a, it is a concern, um, especially with I mean, close to 1.8 breweries opening daily in America. There yeah, is that was that was going to be my question: is how is the how is the hop supply been keeping up with the growth? of craft beer local breweries it, in in america luckily it has thus far i mean we're we're investing three to four years in future um hop, hop crops basically like we're right. contracting, out, them contracting yep. four years ahead sure so i mean we own products that haven't been grown yet but at the same time uh, it is a concern um and so you have to maintain like a, 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 an element of being on top of this um, and that's why this makes me a little nervous because this, this could be a future trend. Mm-hmm. Um, I just hope it turns into an opportunity. I hope that I hope there's farmers out there that that look at this as an opportunity to say, "Hey, we we can diversify. We can do something else." Absolutely. And, and that's only going to make the whole local beer concept as local as it can get, right? Absolutely. Everything's coming from around here. Mm-hmm. So this uh, this Hellas Lager that we're drinking now, are we going to be able to get that at uh, Art of World coming up? Yeah, this is kind of like our Art of World beer. We we are getting ready for Art of World next weekend, which is May 19th through the 21st, and it is going to be a party. Yeah? Friend. Tell me about it. Uh, so, basically, it's a three-day event, uh, Friday the 19th through Sunday the 21st. Uh, we team up with our local Northeast Arts uh, 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 representatives, and basically um, what we try to do is contribute um, – by having a concert on Friday and Saturday. Mm-hmm. And then Sunday is basically a craft arts fair uh, where we have a lot of local Northeast artists coming and selling um, and all of their art at Bauhaus. But, uh, yeah, last year we had over 25,000 people come on our Saturday concert, and we're probably expecting more than that this year with weather holding out. Horrible uh, turnout. Horrible just terrible, turnout. yeah. <laughs> Awful. Well, and, and speaking of summer beer events, Mark, you've got St. Paul Summer Beer Fest coming up. Yeah, ninth annual. What, uh, what can we expect this year? You know, uh, the same as always. I mean, a nice big crowd. There's going to be over 100 breweries, 4,000 people. Uh, we've got over half the tickets sold already. So, you know, it's 29 days away. People should probably grab their tickets soon if they're going to plan on attending with us. But uh, Where can they do that? They can do that at stpaulsummerbeerfest.com, or you can go to any of the Northern Brewer locations. Uh, go visit Jeff down at Northern Brewer, uh, Minneapolis. Uh, we got Princeton Liquors, uh, Ale Jail, Heritage Liquor. So there's a bunch of sites, but you can find all the locations on the website. Um, I guess, as always, you guys will be moderating the education seminars. And last weekend we did Rochester, which we had a great time, and we had such a great education seminar yeah. at that event in the Women in Beer panel that we put together that uh, we're, we're just going to run it again at St. Paul. Uh, Gabby from Ballast Point, Sarah from Ben Paddle, and, and Christine from the Tapos, they crushed it. I mean, we yeah. knew it was going to be a good panel, good. but... I think they even went over the top. They're so good. I, I may not even show up. I'll just let them have the microphone. And, <laughs> and I mean, I, it was it was really it was awesome. Uh, we we should have recorded the segment for the show, but we'll I think we'll record that segment for for an upcoming show. It was uh, it was really fun, and and it was impressive to have those ladies there talking about their experience in the industry. Well, and you guys have been doing you guys have been moderating our education seminars for a few years now, and obviously during the events, I'm running around all over the place, but. 
after that seminar, I came up to you and you told me, you're like, this is seriously one of the best education seminars we've ever had. And that says a lot because we've had some really outstanding education seminars. There's a lot of great people in this state that have helped us out with these. And uh, it, it was pretty fun to have those gals do what they did. Well, the St. Paul Summer Beer Fest is, is a great event. It's a, always a ton of fun. Uh, even, uh, you know, it, it, being at the fairgrounds, a big, huge open space. There's room for so many breweries there. It's just a great way to kick off summer. Like, right? it, it's not even necessarily about all the amazing beers there. Obviously, that's the main focus of it. But it's outdoors. It's the state fairgrounds. It's the beginning of summertime. It's just a fun day to celebrate summer and, and get out with your friends and have a good time as much as it is about seeing who's got any specialty beers or this that and the other you know yeah. and the live music again once again i mean we got mark joseph and the american soul and black river review coming back so they're gonna kill it yeah it's a great event if you haven't been go this year if you've been then you know what i'm talking about and i expect you'll be back well and let's plug the uh, the ticket giveaway we're doing at the free house uh june 2nd at 3 p.m we're gonna do a uh, a beer cast there we'll record the show to air later that night but uh mark will be there we'll have the brewers from the free house uh probably a couple other guests and uh, it'll be a good time absolutely all right well we are out of time for this edition we get everything we need to get any any last minute plugs you guys want to throw in nah, go uh, come on down to see salt grab some bauhaus uh, get your tickets for safe all summer beer fest thanks again to minvest thanks to uh, sea salt for having us here and we'll catch you next time on the minnesota beer fest cheers Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.